Inside this Hollywood mansion, 20 women have gathered because they all have one thing in common. Their love for one very special man. Flavor! Flavor of love, rock of love, strange love, 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 love. It was a specific moment in pop culture history where D-list celebrities became the kings of a new genre, celeb reality. They're putting six new celebs into that killer house in the Hollywood Hills, and they're taping these guys around the clock. It all started with surreal life. Remember Flavor Flav from Public Enemy? What about Charo, the coochie coochie lady? How about Jordan Knight from the new kids on the block? And Joey from the full house? The show kicked off so many spinoffs where sexy singles would move into a Hollywood mansion to compete for the hearts of people like Flavor Flav, Tiffany Pollard. You know, cute next to gorgeous. Gorgeous is going to, you know, devour cute. And Brett Michaels. Rock and roll is the reason for and destruction of all of my relationships. Ooh, these shows were messy as hell. And your parents probably hated them. But they took the serious tone of reality TV of the time Think The Bachelor, Survivor, America's Next Top Model, and turn that bad boy upside down. I'm going to take 20 girls, and I'm going to put them to the test. I'm going to see which one of these girls love Flavor Flav the best. Trashy? Yes. Problematic? Maybe. Entertaining? A hundred percent. This is Peak 2000s, the show that throws it all the way back to our favorite pop culture moments of the aughts. Today... Finding Love on VH1. Yeah, boy! Hola. Hello, this call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier. Thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm your host, Sydney Washington, and I'm here with my flavor of love, Marie Faustin. Aw, that was, that was gay. Yeah, you know how <laughs> I do. Very on brand. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Marie, today we're talking about the whole run of VH1 shows that started in 04 with Surreal Life. It kept going for years with spinoffs, pun spinoffs, pun spinoffs. And, you know, don't worry, because we're going to have a whole episode just dedicated to our queen, Tiffany Pollard. So you'll get plenty of her later as well. Okay, phew. So, Marie, which VH1 shows do you remember watching? Which one was your favorite? Okay, so I remember watching Flavor of Love. Mm -hmm. I remember watching I Love New York. Charm School was also something that I watched for a little bit with Monique and the Flavor of Love Girls. And then I would walk in on my sister watching 
surreal life. And I remember Brigitte and Flav and Mini Me mm-hmm. and thinking, damn, they doing bad. <laughs> <laughs> People who are doing bad make for good TV, though. They do. What did you watch? Did you have a favorite? I watched Flavor of Love, and I I thought it was, like, such a mess, but the best type of mess. I grew up on the real world, so it was really cool to see, like, celebrity-adjacent people act a fool. Yeah. My favorite was, was Charm School because it was, like, get in there— together, like cleaning them up in right. the most misogynistic way possible. I just remember they gave them little uniforms at, at one point. Yeah. And it was like, they would have all gotten detention if they were in a real school because the <laughs> uniforms were like, what is that? They're not passing the hand test. Yeah. Were you ever inspired or like wanted to be on one of those shows? As soon as I was old enough to do it, I auditioned to be one of the female contestants on the Ocho Cinco show. Girl, who hurt you? Nobody hurt me. I just wanted to be... Okay, full disclosure, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be on The Real World, and I had made it to, like, the last round of interviews for that. And they were asking me all these questions, like, what would you do if a contestant was gay? And I was like, that's cool. And they are like, what would you do if somebody slept with somebody that you like? And I was like, that's cool. Like, I was very unbothered, and they were like, oh, she's not dramatic enough, so I didn't make it onto The Real World. Yeah. And I was like, what's next? And I was like, the greatest catch with Ocho Cinco or something like that. The greatest, he is a catch. Oh, the ultimate catch. And I got there with my regular body and not looking like a video vixen and looking like I was a cool 16. And (laughs) (laughs) they were like, ah. Okay, Marie, let's get into our guest today. Are you ready? Oh, of course. Okay. Super duper excited to bring in our guest today, Madeline Davies. She is an editor at Eater, okay? And her writing has appeared in Jezebel, Vice, GQ, and the New York Times, okay? Look at you. (laughs) And most importantly, she's a reality TV super fan. Welcome to Peak 2000s. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. Yeah, we're really going to talk about a a very hot topic that's near and dear to both of our hearts. (laughs) Unfortunately near, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Madeline, can you give us a little timeline of all these shows and spinoffs that came out after The Surreal Life? Because it's like a whole, like, family tree. Yeah, so Surreal Life premiered in 2003. In the third season, Brigitte Nielsen and Flavor Flav were cast and had an on-screen romance, which then spun off to Strange Love. And then from there, we got Flavor of Love, where Flavor Flav is the prize. Mm -hmm. So kind of from Flavor of Love, there was sort of this explosion of dating shows. There was Rock of Love, I Love Money, Rock of Love Tour Bus, Daisy of Love, Megan Wants a Millionaire, I Love New York, Chance and Real, Frank the Entertainer, and it's a basement affair. And then I think it's like a crack in a mirror where it just splintered and went wild. Boom. That's perfect. I love that. So now we can get back into uh, the surreal life. Who were like the most memorable castmates for you? Who, you? who were the ones that you were like, I'm watching the show for them? Yeah. So the surreal life was kind of pitched as like, a reality TV family sitcom. So someone was like intentionally cast as the mom. Someone was intentionally cast kind of as the father figure. And then all of these like wild cards. It had 
a lot of really interesting people on it. Like Tammy Faye Baker was on it. The televangelist who is kind of known for always crying, like on the same season as Ron Jeremy. And oh. they, they were like buddies, which mm. is so strange. Vern Troyer, who's Mini-Me from Austin Powers, was on yes. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he like at one point gets so drunk that he pisses in the corner of one of the rooms in the house. And wasn't he naked a lot on the show? So much. What a bunch. Yeah, and I think Gary Coleman was on it. And Janice Dickinson did a little moment on there as well. And Jordan Knight from New Kids on the Block. One of the old kids on the block oh, now. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, why was the show so damn entertaining? There is the nostalgia of it, right? Where it's like maybe you loved the Brady Bunch and now Florence Henderson is like playing this mom role in this house full of list celebrities. We're just like so obsessed with how famous people live, even when they're not that famous. Even when they're not that famous and even when they're not living that well. We're like fascinated by that. That was sort of like the outward pitch. But I think the real appeal was just watching kind of has been celebrities humiliate themselves, which ultimately makes us feel better about our lives somehow. <laughs> a word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Flavor Fave was like a famous hype man for Public Enemy. I'm known as the greatest hype man in the music business. I performed for crowds of thousands. I've toured the world eight and a half times, going on nine. But (laughs) where was he in his career in 04 when the surreal life started? Nowhere. Um, (laughs) So essentially, he had battled pretty bad drug addiction and I think had been to rehab several times. And Chuck D, who's the other founding member of Public Enemy, was like, you need to move to L.A. and like get out of that life. And I guess as soon as he landed, the producers of this show were like, you know, oh, do you need a place to stay? How about the Surreal Life House? Damn. So they knew he was going to be a character. So Flavor Flav is on the show. He starts that relationship with Brigitte Nielsen. Can you describe that relationship? Yeah. So on the third season of The Surreal Life, they kind of formed this weird romance friendship. She is like super tall and Nordic looking. He is like very short and just like watching them like cuddle together was its own. Yeah. (laughs) Odd. Yes. Uh, And so then they kind of ended up having this spinoff called Strange Love, which was just like about their relationship. What I like about Mr. F is when he's just him because he's really adorable. And I guess people don't really think about it. Because he always goes, yo, yo, and does that kind of stuff. <laughs> but there's much more to him. I love and you the way you are right now, though. I just want her to be around. Mr. F, are we going to go swim today or not at all? If the weather permits it, my dear. <laughs> Mr. F. So very, like, flowery language. They're both speaking on their own frequency that, like, only they can get on. So, yes, yeah, strange love makes sense. Perfect title. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After that flavor of love happened and it was kind of like, I didn't find my match with Brigitte. She's still like my best friend. Me and Brigitte is still friends, but she's married. Romantically, we're over. Done. Because she's somebody's wife. If I ever got married, I don't want nobody messing with my wife. (laughs) Word. But like, I got to like find my true love. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take 20 girls and I'm going to put them to the test 
I'm going to see which one of these girls love Flavor Flav the best. All right. So, you know, Flavor Flav, he's not exactly The Bachelor because he's, you know, short. He's got this big clock. He's got the grills. He's kind of a caricature of not my type. Uh, (laughs) But, like, what was the damn appeal? So when you say he's not The Bachelor— I think that is the appeal, is that even The Bachelor isn't The Bachelor, right? It's Mm -hmm. so much artifice. I don't know. This, like, gross, forced romance of it when really it is just one guy making out with, like, 20 women. But it's like, no, he's trying to find his love and, like, it's a classy affair. And I think what I always appreciated about Flavor of Love was that it was like, no, this is what it really is. It's just like we are wearing it on our faces, whereas The Bachelor is trying to like through Vaseline lenses trick middle America into being like, yes, this is what uh, romance really is. Ah, okay. I never really thought about that. Flavor of Love was definitely more honest. Yeah, or at least it's like it showed how ridiculous it is to say that you're in love with someone after a week of being around them, you know? Also, I just, like, love trashy TV, so. Okay. Yeah, but you're not the only person that loves trash TV. People love watching bad television. You can turn your brain off and laugh at these people and be like, I would never do that. Yeah, and I think that I would never do that is, like, a big part of the of love show's appeal also, right? Where you're just like, who would put themselves in this situation? And then you meet the people who do and you're like all right you are the most flattering thing i can say is you're a personality you know exactly like there was a moment in uh, flavor of love many moments where these girls are like having crazy fights with each other in the house and one of the most famous moments is like that beyonce moment which uh started when new york confronted hottie for stealing yeah. her jacket. Do you remember that? You guys are just jealous because all of my friends that know me tell me that I remind them of Beyonce. So you can all- <laughs> Are you out of fucking mind? Beyonce, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that an ugly ass bitch like this would even say that. Oh my God, are you fucking insane? Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. Wow. A moment. Also, the brilliance of the sound effects with her, where every time she blinks, there's like a bike bell that's like, blink, blink. It's just just so ridiculous. Yeah. And watching people be ridiculous and fight each other over Flava Flav is entertaining. I think a lot of these people were just like meme factories where they just had these insane quips that, you know, all my friends say I look like Beyonce can be repurposed in a lot of different ways. Yes. Didn't you interview the creator for these shows like years ago? Did he give you any insight to like what went on behind the scenes? So much. So I interviewed the creator, Mark Cronin, and also his wife, Lisa Lopez. Not that one. Mm. Um, R.I.P. But she left eye. Yeah, she was his talent manager on that show. But yeah, they talked about how when women were eliminated, it was really important to interview them the second they stepped out of the door because they would say, give them even five minutes and it would be like the veil had been lifted and suddenly they were just like, what the fuck was I doing? It was just like they suddenly realized like what an insane thing that was Mm -hmm. and just sort of like Flavor Flav is like kind of repulsive. Why was I acting so crazy? What was all this? 
I mean, there was a contestant that had a husband and she got eliminated and she was upset about being kicked off. And it was like, ma'am, go home to your kids. Go home to your kids. Go home with your your, your normal life. Go be with your loved ones. Come on, girl. Get the help that you need. (laughs) I always love how I think it is Hottie, the Beyonce of the show. She always is like, this is my man, my money and my mansion. And I'm just like, that's not even his mansion. No, (laughs) not one bit. My man, my money, my mansion. That's affirmation. That's manifestation right there. I think my next caption on Instagram is going to be that. That's a a lower back (laughs) tattoo, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now Flavor of Love got some backlash or criticism for like how he was portrayed as a silly, ridiculous guy with hats. They felt like he was very like minstrel show-ish. Do you agree with that perception, woman who's yeah. of the of the white persuasion? Do you, do you, do you agree with this uh, perception? I mean, Can you actually answer this question properly? Um, I mean, so I think it's a complicated answer in that I definitely have my own internal struggle about enjoying it. But it's more because of the women than it is because of Flavor Flav. So I don't know. I'd be curious to hear how you feel. I mean, the show is not supposed to be correct. Flavor Flav has always worn those clocks and the grills. And he's always been that. He's the hype man that kind of like lets off some of the steam of public enemy that's supposed to be so righteous and for the right cause of black people. And he's like supposed to be a little bit more fun. So... I mean, I, when I saw him in the house, I was like, yeah, he's on brand right now. This is very on brand. Yeah, I don't think Flavor Flav is embarrassing to black people. I think that maybe he did some things that he should be embarrassed for about himself. for himself. Yeah. But yeah. I wasn't Flavor in Flavor Flav is embarrassing to Flavor Flav. To Flav. Yeah. Flav. That's, that's it. That's, that's and it. like the women on the show, now that is where I was like, okay, there's a lot of stereotypes that they're having. Like the black women want to start fights and they're loud and the, the names that he's giving them is like ridiculous. But again, everybody's getting treated like shit <laughs> and <laughs> nobody is, is getting the good side of the show. Nobody's looking good. No one looks good. Equal opportunity for the trash. (laughs) I'll also say, like, if I, like, find it a little questionable that someone would be like, this is representative of anything other than just, like, this person whose brain is potentially rotted from years of drug abuse and alcohol. Okay. Um, But wait a minute. What about about Rock of Love? Was that a great representation uh, for, you know— For the beige community? Yeah. The beige oh, bedazzled. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually, I think, more physical fighting on Rock of Love. Honey, take a look in the mirror. And, hey, oh my God, you're so step on. Like, hello. You know what? I'm beautiful and you can't stand it. You are beautiful in the meth world. For sure you are. Yeah, that sucks for you. Your nickname is Trailer Park. Hooker. You know what? You want to call me a hooker? Look at your dude. Um, There's like more physical humiliation. A woman literally pops her implant. What? At one point. How? And like they make them play ice hockey, which again, it's just like you're going to make these poor women play ice hockey and something happens where her implant ruptures. Rock of Love is like flavor of love, but it's with Brett Michaels. Yes. Poison. The poison. When I was 15 years old, I was handed the secret to love. There's plenty of women out there that you want to be friends with. And there's a lot of women out there you want to have sex with. But if you can find one that you can be friends with and have sex with, henceforth, rock of love. Yeah. And I mean, he is also such a joke in that, like, (laughs) 
He has this look where he wears these bandanas all the time that are clearly meant to just keep his wig on because he doesn't have hair anymore. (laughs) Okay. So it's like the same thing of you're just like, who are these people vying for this <laughs> awful man's attention? And I feel like he always had on like a, a, a smudged, smoky eye moment. Oh, oh yeah, he's giving you a wet and wild uh, black eyeliner. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, it's at the very end of it. So right, so you gotta like really like rub it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No man has ever loved like a light washed boot cut jean Ooh. more than Brett Michaels. Ooh. And he had, <laughs> he had Ed Hardy on speed dial. Like, yeah. He single-handedly kept Ed Hardy afloat. Alright, so we got the segment. I hope you're ready for it. It's called Yeah or Yuck. Ready. So you're going to give me a yay if you think this clip or moment or person holds up today or it's going to be a yuck and it should stay in the early 2000s. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so the time that girl something pooped on the flavor of love. Elimination is over. I just want a sigh of relief. So I take this deep breath and what is that smell? And as I'm going up the steps, I look down and I was like, Something is on herself, <laughs> I was like holding it, and then out of nowhere, it's like my stomach was just like, bitch, you got me. I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> One thing I learned when interviewing Mark Cronin is that she had been telling the producers she had to go to the bathroom for hours. And basically, despite all of the clocks he owns, uh, Flavor Flav just keeps people waiting forever. And there's kind of no telling when he's going to arrive. And it, I guess, was like three hours. Okay. Woman's rights. You should be allowed uh, to take a shit if, you know, you have me waiting for three hours. That's it. If I sit, I shit. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they should have just been like, you can go to the bathroom. Like, we'll hold him. But also, she's a grown-ass woman. She could have just taken up. She couldn't have left. Yeah. Yeah. It embodies the conundrum of the whole show, right? Where you're like, these people are opting in to all of this. Lean in, lean in. The poop herd around the world. Yeah, go off, queen. Literally, (laughs) go off. Uh, Okay, so that's a yuck. Yuck, but yay in that I rewatched it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next one. The way Flav puts on the girls' name tags. All right, y'all, check this out. The man Flav, he is not go with names at all. So what I'm gonna attempt to do is give each one of y'all a nickname so that way I can remember it. Well, when I was putting the name tags on the girls, my hands were somewhat doing a little traveling. But hey, you know, I was looking to see who had the softest chest. So I like soft chest. Woo-ha! Slap it, boing. Boing. Uh, <laughs> yuck. You can see on some of those women's faces, just like that woman apples just looks just miserable, but is just like standing there with this like very like tight lipped smile. She didn't like it at all. She she wasn't here for it. I also just am like a post Me Too world is not the place for that. I think the full on lingering groping touches. Mm. It's a yuck. Okay. And so the next one is SNL did a parody of Rock of Love. 
When I first met Brett, I was like, oh my God, he's the man of my dreams. And I was like, I hope he picks me. And then I was like, did someone slip something in my drink? And then I was like, where am I? And I was like, oh yeah, we're at Brett's house. Here's why I'm gonna win Brett's heart. I can do the worm. I've served jail time. I got mad skin tags. And I'm rocking one leg, bro. So which one of you bitches is coming in second? <laughs> I feel like that gets like a yeah out of me. Um, <laughs> like I feel like these shows are on. You can't parody them because they already are a parody. Yeah, parodies yeah. of themselves. Yeah. So it's like any attempt to be like, hey, we're gonna make these into bigger characters is like you can't. You are like that is a more muted version of what Rock of Love and Flavor of Love is like. So it's just like, leave the comedians to the pros, which are New York and Sweetie True. and Goldie. It's a yuck. <laughs> just air a clip of Flavor of Love instead. <laughs> okay, lastly, The Surreal Life, Flavor of Love, Strange Love, all these shows, do they hold up? Have you rewatched um, them? Are you, like, when you're watching them, are you like, ugh, I can't believe we thought this was okay? <laughs> I mean, yes, but also I'm embarrassed to say, yay, <laughs> because <laughs> I will rewatch them. You know, just even like starting to, I watched a couple episodes to like remind myself of it before coming on to talk to you. And I will go back to my TV when this is done and watch more of it for no reason other than to like fill out my empty, uh, sorrowful days. <laughs> <laughs> Let's slow it down. Let's take a little pause and we'll be right back. Do you think walking is lame? Wouldn't you rather glide to homeroom on some Heelys? Their shoes were with wheels in the heels. Heelys! That's why we call them that. Heelys, why walk when you can just lean back and glide on a bitch? Glide. Enjoy Heelys responsibly. And please don't call us when you break your wrist. Heelys! Hola. Hello, this call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow, ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow, now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. This episode is brought to you by Rockstar Energy Drink. Be honest, are you procrastinating by listening to this podcast? It's okay. You just need Rockstar Focus. Choose from three delicious flavors, each crafted with ingredients for an ideal energy and mental boost, like lion's mane, 200 milligrams of caffeine, and zero sugar. Visit rockstarenergy.com to learn more. At least 75 milligrams of caffeine has been shown to help improve attention. All right, let's see, you know, let's wrap this up in a cute little bow. Why don't we? Why did the run of the shows end? So the technical reason that ended is that in a spinoff of Rock of Love called Megan Wants a Millionaire, 
one of the contestants while the show was airing murdered his girlfriend and then committed suicide. We are back with a grim story from Southern California. Yeah, that's right, David. A reality TV show contestant is being sought in connection with the murder of a missing model. Police this morning are looking into whether her ex-husband, TV star Ryan Jenkins, acted alone. They're checking to see if he had help disposing of her body and if he had help escaping to Canada, where he apparently committed suicide. Mm. And so at this point, it kind of brought up a lot of ethical questions that should have come up before just about background checks and like, what danger are you putting these people in by putting them together when you don't know their histories? And so from what I know, like VH1 really just tried to distance themselves from that. Yeah. VH1 was like, we got to steer far away from that. And they actually cut ties with that production company. And so it ended on a low note. We got what we needed from it. <laughs> and. We had to move on. Yeah. Where is Flavor Flav and Brigitte now? Flavor Flav? So in 2020, Chuck D said that he was fired from Public Enemy because he wouldn't endorse Bernie Sanders. Flavor Flav was very upset about it. Then Chuck D tried to say it was a prank. Well, was it April um, 1st? Was it was it an April Fool's? So like Chuck D on April Fool's Day was like, this is a hoax. Like, you fell for it. This is about how people just, you know, eat up anything that's served to them. But it's also like, you served it. I don't know. I think Flav is doing fine. I saw him hanging out with Pete <laughs> Davidson and and what's her name? Chris? Chris. Yeah. Wearing matching pajamas right. with the gang. Right. So it was very much giving my man, my mansion, my monies. <laughs> yeah. What's the modern day equivalent to, to these shows? TLC has really taken over, I think, that like exploitive reality landscape. Mm. It really is like the freak shows of now. You talking about Honey Boo Boo? <laughs> you talking about, talking about Honey Boo Boo? I'm talking about, you know. My uh, 600 pound life. I was going to say there's one that's like 2000 pound twins or something. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be good, but it definitely influenced the next generations of reality TV or whatever. And if you, whether you think these shows are good or bad, they're entertaining. They're distracting you from your life and you're watching them every week for half an hour or an hour every, every single Just time. It comes all, on. all I ask for, please. I was laugh <laughs> Distract crying. Distract me. Laugh crying. <laughs> we had such a blast going down memory lane. Man, flavor of love. Thank you so much, Madeline. Thank Davies. you so much. Can you tell the people where we can catch you on the social medias? I'm at Madeline underscore Ray on Twitter. I don't post anything there. So, yeah, just ignore me. You don't have to ever think about me again. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, we usually do a swag report, but look at that. Look at that. We have something special for us. We have our producer, Zach Mack, coming in to tell us a little story. Okay. I got to tell you guys about how these VH1 reality shows actually impacted my life. So earlier, our guest today, she was talking about how all the reality shows came to an end, right? Mm -hmm. So I graduated college in 2009. Okay. I didn't have a job lined up. I was doing TV and radio production in college. And this dude who I like kind of knew had this job in L.A. and was like, yo, I can get you a job. You can come work at this production company. It's dope. We make all these reality shows. Like, I got you. I, I went out to L.A., checked it out, make sure it was legit. And then I was like, all right. I decided to move to L.A. from the Bay Area just for this job that, that had been promised to me out of college. Okay. So I moved to L.A. I show up. And as that's all going on, there is— 
this global manhunt for this VH1 contestant who murdered his girlfriend. And that is how I didn't get my first job. Oh like my God. I straight up, <laughs> straight up, like the production company were like, yeah, we were all set to hire you, but now our budget is getting slashed. So you no longer have a job. And it was just like, wow, because of that thing that happened on the news that like, when, when is the news ever like, affected after you? After just actually affected or like taking a job from you. And I was just like, wow. Welcome to the real world. That was that was like what happened to me right out of college. And it was the recession, so I like really didn't mm-hmm. have a job. Okay, after that. so cut to you in the valley doing porn. <laughs> Cause I was like, how so how did you end up staying though? Right. You ain't got no job. I straight up had to go work at a restaurant. I had to get a temp job doing like filing in office. I just like survived for the next year and a half. And then eventually I was like, man, this LA stuff is not working. And I like moved back to the Bay. You know, when you said you started with us, I thought you were going to say sucking toes. (laughs) Not sucking toes. I was like, sucking toes. He was like, Stripping in Burbank. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm glad you got out of that. Obviously, like someone getting murdered is a little more important. But I was just like, damn, I can't believe like that affected this. Yeah. You stepped off that bus with that guitar and that one suitcase, and they said, you don't have a job here. (laughs) Well, I can't relate, but Mm -mm. thank you so much for sharing. That was really (laughs) brave. So brave. Peak 2000s is a Spotify original production in partnership with the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sydney Washington, and you can follow me at JustSydSYDNYC. You can follow Marie Faustin at Miss Reezy, that's M-S-R-E-E-Z-Y. We are produced by the Vox Media Podcast Network and Spotify. For Vox Media, our producer is Gina Pollock. Our executive producers are Zach Mack and Nashat Kura. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our theme music is by Brandon McFarlane. And for Spotify, our producers are Baron Farmer and Candice Manriquez-Ren. Executive producer is Gina Delvac. Special thanks to Evan Tarantino, Teal Kratke, Amanda Long, Yasmin Afifi, and Leslie Guan. Next time on Peak 2000s... 